Welcome to the Besties with Breasties podcast. Sarah Hall here. I am a certified health and wellness coach, athletic trainer, mom, and breast cancer survivor. I help women overcome their own mind drama to make mind shifts that open up the possibility for their most empowered and energetic life. And I am Beth Wilmus, author, speaker, and founder of a human investment organization, otherwise known as a nonprofit called Faith Through Fire. Our mission is to reduce the fear and anxiety that breast cancer patients feel and replace it with hope and a path toward thriving. This podcast is about our experiences with breast cancer and life after as young survivors and moms. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I am dandy. How are you? Oh, good. It's so early. It is early. We, we had started, an early morning this we morning. We started our morning early. I did not sleep well last night, and I'm a, oh. like, I need my sleep. There, mm. there are three things that I have to have. The first is like, I get hangry if I if I don't eat. <laughs> food. Are you that? Yeah, right. And if I don't get enough sleep, I'm I'm like a little infant. It's mm. like I need food. I need <laughs> sufficient sleep. <laughs> At least you don't cry. Right. Well, I don't know. Talk to my husband. <laughs> I get really, I get really kind of grouchy. And then like the third thing is, is if I don't get exercise mm. from, and you know, for me, it's not even for the physical benefits. It's mm. for the mental, mm-hmm. like stress and just mm-hmm. clarity. Are you that? Cause you're, I connect with that 100%. Do you? Yep. I, you're, you're super into exercise. So I was mm. curious if you do it for the exercise to me is like getting dressed. I have to do it. You have to do it. Oh, I would love to get to that point. That is not me at all. <laughs> I have to do it. It's I have like, to do it. It's part of my day. Look, she says Brushing it pa- my teeth, I have to do it. Yeah, she says it passionately. I'm like, I have to do it. That's how With I... With some enthusiasm, Beth. Right. No, 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 no. That's why this works, because you can be that way and I can be this way. Did you have anybody that kind of helped you, like, really exercise, or were you pretty self-sufficient with that? Um. Well, I... When you were going through treatment. Oh, when I was going through treatment. Yeah, uh, no, I just... I know I love exercise and what it does for me. Did you do it in your home gym? I did some some days I did in my home gym, but for the most part I was I was a member at Orange Theory, so I went to Orange Theory a lot when I was going that's through. Like hard I took a, I took a couple core. breaks because I had a baby, and so you know I you oh know let gosh. those things oh kind of subside, gosh. and then I went back, and then I took a break for surgeries. You know I was I was back and forth. They they loved me. All right, <laughs> half half the crowd listening to us right now is rooting you on and being like, "Yeah, I love Orange Theory," and the other half is going, "Oh Wah. my gosh, whatever." <laughs> That's so funny. I had I stumbled into the benefits of exercise during chemo by accident. I had a friend that I was really good friends with in high school, but we hadn't, you know, life. Mm-hmm. You're having kids and you're both having careers and you're crazy. And so she and I had kind of fallen out of touch. She just, when I made my diagnosis known, she came forward and she was like, hey, let's start going to the gym together. Mm. And so that's what we did. I was thrilled to hear from her. Mm. And especially at that moment in my life. And we would meet at the gym and, you know, bless her heart because she's like, she's like you. She's, she exercises quite a bit. And she, it was probably like the most boring workouts of her life because I'm like plodding along on the treadmill. (laughs) And she would just walk or run next to me and we would talk. And she was like my workout buddy. And I'll tell you what, it really made a difference for me mentally and emotionally to have her do that. Um, What a gift she gave you. It is. Yeah. To anybody that's listening that wants to know what to do for somebody when they get diagnosed, that was something that really stuck with me that she did that. And it was it was great. So Mm. that's always something to consider if you think your patient would be open to it is yeah. offer to go to the gym with them and walk. It helps them with their fatigue. And um, that's why I'm so excited about our guest today. Yeah, yeah, I am I am too. I'm excited to hear what she has to share. So today we are hearing from our guest, Jenny, who we will introduce. We'll talk all about what she does and why why she has come to do this and why it's important to her. 
Yeah, then we'll talk about exercise and activity and how it can be beneficial in conjunction with chemotherapy treatment. And then, you know, Jenny will probably share throughout her talk about how incorporating that physical activity can help with fatigue and her top recommendations and how to incorporate it, even if you've never worked out even before your diagnosis. But before we get to that, let's hear from our sponsor. Hair loss is consistently ranked as one of the most feared side effects of chemotherapy treatment. The emotional impact chemo hair loss can have on patients has been well documented. Scalp cooling is a simple treatment that can prevent hair loss caused by certain chemotherapy drugs. The use of scalp cooling is proven to be effective in preventing chemotherapy-induced alopecia and can result in people retaining much of their hair. Paxman is the global leader in scalp cooling. Their cold cap is scientifically proven to reduce hair loss during chemotherapy. If you are facing cancer treatment and concerned about losing your hair, ask your provider about scalp cooling and visit our website at paxmanscalpcooling.com. That's paxmanscalpcooling.com. All right, I am super excited to introduce our guest today, Jenny Spencer. Jenny has worked as an oncology nurse for the past decade and has a special interest in symptom management of cancer-related fatigue and deconditioning, which led her to become a certified personal cancer exercise specialist. So she served as a principal investigator in a nurse-led study assessing the effect of cancer on or exercise, rather, on cancer-related fatigue and quality of life in the neuro-oncology population. Jenny is now growing Fight the Fatigue, which is a small business that provides personalized cancer exercise programming. I am so excited to have you here, Jenny. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me today. I'm excited to be here. Um, you know, I, I would love to hear how you guys connected. That was really cool. How Beth, how did you get connected with Jenny? Jenny, how did we get connected? I seriously am trying to remember how that all started. We started talking on LinkedIn just because I think we had alignment in our mission to help patients. Is that kind of the gist of it? I mean, I think we, we just kind of started talking back and forth, and I was really impressed with your mission. I think you felt likewise, and we just kind of became friendly that way. And that, and that, that, did I remember that correctly? Yep. <laughs> yeah, okay. no, you're remembering it. You're remembering it completely right. I cannot remember who reached out first, but we definitely connected because we had that common interest in just helping empower those living with cancer, providing resources to them, which has been great. So I feel like we've known each other since the beginning of this year, yeah. probably yeah. when COVID started. Yeah, nice. yeah, nice. probably just prior to that. And so. it's really neat that you're growing this business during COVID too. So I applaud you. <laughs> Jenny, tell us about what you do. Tell us everything. Yeah, so I am an oncology nurse. I've been in oncology nursing for the past decade, as Beth said. I've worked in a variety of areas in oncology. So from the inpatient setting where we're in the hospital taking care of those living with cancer, um, either providing their treatments or dealing with acute side effects or symptom management that brought them into the hospital. I have administered chemo and biotherapy in the outpatient setting and infusion, and I've also worked on the clinic side where I've dealt with managing oral oncolytics. And what I found in my oncology nursing experience is that cancer-related fatigue and deconditioning are two of the main symptoms that the majority of cancer patients suffer with and don't really know how to manage it. It almost becomes kind of like, you know, you just have to get through this and you have to feel this way. And then after treatment's done, 
you know, you can get back to normal, healthy living and get active and and all that healthy lifestyle and good stuff. What is deconditioning for those listening that aren't sure what you mean by deconditioning? Because everybody's going to relate to the fatigue, but the deconditioning is what? So deconditioning is basically just your loss of physical functioning. There's a loss of muscle mass that goes on with a lot of different treatments for a variety of reasons. When those are li- when those living with cancer are, are going through their treatment, mm-hmm. um, so deconditioning is a general term meaning loss of physical functioning, which brings a, an array of you know a domino effect because when you lose your physical functioning or you become deconditioned, then it's harder for you to do your activities of daily living, and then thus you know makes you less independent where you might have been very independent prior to your cancer diagnosis. And now you're having to lean on and rely on people to help you do just the activities of daily living to get by. And I think the positive thing to, to, to glean from what you're saying is that it does not have to be that way, correct? It, it doesn't. No, it, it does not. Um, obviously, we, we can always do our best to, you know, give all the treatment and all the resources that we can in some Sometimes it's inevitable that you're going to lose some functioning or suffer from some side effects. Everyone responds to chemo and treatment differently. So it's kind of an individual basis, but we can do all that we can to help prevent that from happening. And exercise is a, is a great tool to use for that. So we can prevent it rather than have you go through the cancer treatment and have you get deconditioned and then try to build you back up after. I think that this is such an important mission. As some as somebody who tried, I did, I mean, I succeeded, I feel like, at, at I was going to Orange Theory when I was going through my chemotherapy, and I think it was probably pretty interesting, and I'm sure everyone around me was like, wow, I can't believe you're still here. You know, I went through my hair loss and everything while I was still going to Orange Theory, and I attribute that so much to feeling well through my entire chemo journey i had energy mm-hmm. i i you know i was a postpartum mom at the time so i had all the reasons to kind of let things slide because i was busy i was tired i was going through chemo i had a newborn and you know it, it was very difficult to make it to the gym sometimes so it was really helpful what, what- I, I was going to say the same like i think that people think it's counter it's counterintuitive right like you're mm-hmm. in chemo exactly. you, you feel terrible you mm-hmm. have no energy and fatigue is different than tiredness mm-hmm. y'all like if you haven't been through chemo yeah. yet fatigue is a completely different animal mm-hmm. when people said you're going to suffer from fatigue i was like okay i'm going to be super tired oh yeah. no <laughs> I've had kids. I know what that's like. No, no. No. That is a completely different animal. That is, I can't lift my arm. I'm so exhausted. Mm -hmm. And you don't get relief from just sleeping it off. You can't Mm -hmm. sleep it off. It is an odd... I found it to be a very odd sensation. But I found that exercise drastically Mm -hmm. minimized my fatigue. And I bounced back from my chemo treatments so much faster. And unlike Sarah, who was like going to Orange Theory and like was hooked up to all the biometrics and stuff. All fancy. Right, right. I mean, she she was probably going at it hardcore. For all you people that like to exercise or don't like to exercise like me, I, I was going to the gym with a friend and we were like crawling on the treadmill. Like I was barely walking on the <laughs> treadmill. And you know what? It made a difference. Mm-hmm. Like I would stay on there. Sometimes I couldn't stay on longer than 20 minutes, but mm-hmm. I would stand, I would mm-hmm. walk slowly. And I'll tell you guys, it makes a huge difference mm-hmm. in how you bounce back and how good you feel during treatment. I cannot it, emphasize that enough. And I think 
and Jenny, I would love to hear you speak on this, but uh, just with what you've seen in the in the people that you've worked with. But I think what is the coolest part is it's not even just about like the energy that you have. It's your mind. Mm-hmm. Your mind is completely yeah. different when you can when you can put some like give yourself that, you know, get yourself to exercise, get yourself to do the work to it. What has been your experience and, and what have exactly. you seen with the people that you've worked with? So in in the study that we did and with the clients that I see, um, I'll focus on the study just because I have like the actual data to, su- to support it. This was done in, in the neuro-onc population and there's not a lot of research done in that population with exercise. There's a, a lot of research that proves its benefit with the breast cancer population, lung cancer, and some of the like colorectal cancers. But there's limited evidence with the neuro-oncology population. And from, so we did... We encourage cardio exercise for them to do at home on their own because everyone is, is different with what they like to do cardio-wise. But we did encourage them to work up to that 150 minutes per week. And then what we found from week zero to week 10, that those that were in the exercise program had significantly decreased levels of cancer-related fatigue, significantly improved um, quality of life, and all of their physical functioning assessments went up. Those that were in that exercise category, and it was a small study, so we can't make huge assumptions from it, but we can say that it, it supports that exercise, one, is safe, and two, that it, it did show levels of their cancer-related fatigue went down when they were doing exercise and their quality of life improved. And that is it's huge in those that are living with cancer. And I myself have, have not had to experience that, but just witnessing it from those that I've cared for, I know how huge just getting that energy back mm-hmm. and quality of life back can be. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think a lot of patients too uh, express to us that, you know, they have a lot of concerns about all the medications and infusions that they're having and what that's doing to their body. And so exercise is just one of those holistic ways that you can improve your care on your own and counter some of those effects. So you need treatment, but right. that doesn't mean that you can't be an active participant in your holistic care. And, you know, at the end of the day, nutrition and exercise is going to play a huge role in how well you do and how how well you rebound. And on that mental piece, you know, that's not just during treatment, that mental clarity and that energy. It, it goes way beyond like when you're done with active treatment. So mm-hmm. even today, when my right. schedule gets really busy and I don't and I put exercise at the bottom of the list, my mental acuity, like dec- I can tell, I can tell a difference. I get foggy. And so it's not just during active treatment. And I want to talk about that more. But before we do, do you, Jenny, do you want to do boobs in the news with us? <laughs> yes, let's do it. You want to do it? Okay. <laughs> All right. So boobs in the news. It's a fun segment that we do where we read funny tweets from real people or ridiculous news stories. Boobs in the news. Boobs in the news. Boobs in the news. Okay. So the title of this one is Woman Left Red-Faced After Confronting Her Mom with Birth Certificate for Secret Brother. Okay. So she found a birth certificate and, oh, okay. and like came after her, like got upset with her mom because her mom hid this secret brother from her. Oh, geez. Okay, so she says this this woman flew into a rage after she found proof that her mom had been keeping a sibling from her. Um, But after she realized it was a big misunderstanding, her sister shared the blunder on Twitter. Do you guys want to guess as to why Mm -hmm. this was a blunder? Yeah. Do you you have any? No, I have no guess. You have no guesses as to why? This sounds kind of sad. 
No. Oh, okay. No. It becomes becomes very obvious who the boob is here very shortly. Okay. Okay, so this woman, her name was Kristen, stumbled across a mysterious document at her mom's house, which named the unknown child Clyde Fabian, and even included an ink marking of the baby's footprints. Okay? So Clyde Fabian all of a sudden makes an appearance in this household. Mm. So she confronts her Mm. mom, but... So she gets all upset with her mom, and her mom is trying to figure out what the heck is going on and why her daughter's so upset. Come to find out that her quote unquote secret brother was actually a cabbage patch doll. <laughs> do, you, do you guys re- do you guys remember those toys? Oh yes. Did you, did you have a did you guys that was, yeah. you guys that was my kid code. You remember kid codes? Like somebody your your neighbor's gonna pick you up that my kid oh, code was cabbage patch. Cabbage patch? I loved so cabbage patch. So you knew somebody wasn't like a kidnapper? <laughs> yes. That's hysterical. Jenny, did you have What's a cabbage my kid patch? Code? Did you have a cabbage patch doll? I I did not, but my sister, that was, that was her, I don't know if, I, I'm We're aging ourselves, I know. You can tell we're older I than know. Jenny, because she, she has an older she sister than Heather. Yeah. <laughs> okay. She had a Cabbage Patch doll, but I was jealous. So Aww. here's the thing with those Cabbage Patch dolls, they come with a birth certificate with the mm-hmm. the baby footprints, okay? So, so, like, look at the picture, Sarah. Jenny, you can't see this, but... Oh, it, it, it looks does. real. It looks, it looks legit. Real. Yeah. So Clyde Fabian. So anyway, oh. um, so her mom, um, so th- her sister thought it was so hysterical <laughs> that she put it on Twitter with the caption, I may have done a lot of embarrassing things in my life, but my older sister actually found this birth certificate and started screaming and accusing our mom of hiding our brother Clyde Fabian from us. <laughs> and so when they asked her mom, like when it all came out. When it all came out, they said, Mom, why would you keep this birth certificate? And she thought the Cabbage Patch might be worth something one day because it was an original. Oh, oh that's, a, that's a funny story. I that's think that, like, really funny. The, the cue, maybe clue should have been, like, the name Clyde Fabian. But oh, yeah. Well, I mean, who you know. knows? Yeah. yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> all right. That was today's Boob in the News. <laughs> Bibs in the News. Bibs in the News. Bibs in the News. We are back with Jenny. Um, Jenny, I would love to hear from you. Who who do you recommend your programming to? Uh, really, anyone and everyone that's living with cancer. So when you're diagnosed with cancer, sometimes you have this realm of a couple weeks before you actually either start treatment or get surgery. And a, a lot of actually like the overall general population is not as active as they should be or practicing exercise to the recommended guidelines that are set in place by the American College of Sports Medicine. What is the recommended amount of exercise that people should be doing? Yep. So it is 150 minutes to 300 minutes of moderate to vigorous intensity cardio um, per week, along with two strength training days per week. And that is about like two sets, like 12 to 15 reps of the major muscle groups. Um, So it's not just that aerobic piece, but it's also that resistance piece that plays a huge role in your just physical fitness. If you look at the differences between what physical fitness and exercises, physical fitness has five components to it. And it's your muscular strength and endurance, your flexibility, your cardiovascular endurance, your body composition, and then your mind-body vitality. So so for a lot of people, I agree with you. I mean, we all know that Americans are not the best about exercising the way they should, Mm -hmm. let alone after a cancer diagnosis. So 
What do we right. do to make this manageable and make this less intimidating? Because Sarah and I talk about quite a bit about how overwhelming the cancer process is, how your brain is just inundated. Right. And mm-hmm. you're trying to to get people to put these supports in place because their future selves are going to thank them for it. But it's just like they're so overwhelmed. So what are your suggestions? I, I mean, you work, you work with clients right now. So what are you finding in terms of their willingness to do this? And how do you make it manageable? So this... COVID era actually has helped a bit because a lot of the training can be virtually now, which Mm -hmm. I think makes the client feel more comfortable, makes them feel like they have more time to exercise because they just have to throw on their camera and then voila, we're doing a session together. They don't Mm -hmm. have to go anywhere. Uh, Um, They don't have to worry about specific equipment. Um, if we're using the equipment that they have and just doing that session right there, it's very manageable. That honestly, time is always the, whenever, whenever you ask the client, what is the main barrier for you being successful in an exercise program? Time is always on the top of the list. Mm -hmm. So it's really trying. Everyone is so different and how they like to manage their time and when they feel best too. Some people are still trying to work when they're going through, you know, cancer treatment and then some have time off. So it's easier for them to focus on themselves and healthy lifestyle and getting active and eating better. That's like their main priority versus those that are still working and they're trying to fit in these exercise throughout their day. And honestly, for those people, just one, if they like to get up early and do exercise and even just going for like a 10 minute walk around the neighborhood. I know now it's cold out in Chicago and in St. Louis. So that might not be feasible doing some type of exercise, whether it's 10 minutes long or if they have time to do a longer period, that that's great. I saw a post the other day of uh, somebody that said that they, um, for work, they don't yep. do they don't do the zoom as much for the conference calls that like they just do calls and then he puts his earbuds in and he walks the neighborhood while he has his work conference call mm-hmm. and that way he's yep. moving and exercising while he's working and i thought that was a brilliant yep. idea because you're already most people a lot of people are working out of the home right now to your point about covid and so it's like why not you know use that time and plus you're more productive when you're exercising you're you're you know you i get better ideas actually mm-hmm. when i'm on the treadmill i don't are totally. you like are you guys yeah. like that when i go for a run Yep. I come I come back and I'm like, all right, I am motivated and here's what was there, on my mind. There are two places where I <laughs> yep. do that. It's exercising and in the shower for, of all places. Yes. It's where I get my it's where yeah. I get my best ideas. You know? It's that, it's that increased blood flow with all, you know to the brain. It's, oh, I can finally think. It's the steam. Of, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Sorry, I interrupted you, Jenny, but I wanted yeah. to interject <laughs> no, that because I thought that was a brilliant way no, to, to get that in. That's completely true. And even just I know these are little things that we always talk about taking the stairs at work instead of doing the elevator. If you're going into work or parking all the way in the back of the parking lot and walking, you know, all the way to the store or to the office, wherever you're going, any, any way that you can fit in exercise anywhere. I'm doing those butt squeezes right now. So (laughs) there you go. I'm over here doing Kegels. (laughs) You're doing Kegels. Ooh, it just got, it just got real. Just got real. I think, I think that that's something Uh that's, um, that I think they call it in coaching a bias to action when you when you think that it has to look like I have to join a gym and I have to go for 30 minutes and it has to look like this and and it has to be perfect. And I think that a lot of people just need to overcome that it's not going to look perfect for you to get in exercise. No. It could look like you backing away from your desk for five minutes to do 
to pick up weights or to pick up cans of soup and just do bicep curls. And they do have apps that'll remind you to do that. Yeah. Like if you are worried about time, like you can set apps to remind you Mm -hmm. to be active. My husband has that on his phone because he has a very sedentary job. Mm -hmm. He sits in front of a computer all day long. And so his phone will say, hey, you've been sitting in the same spot without Mm -hmm. moving for an hour or 30 minutes. You need to get up and move around. (laughs) Right, right, right. I have a quick question. What if you find yourself in a in a cancer diagnosis and you're struggling with fatigue. Have, what do you recommend if someone has, you know, come into a cancer diagnosis and hasn't worked out before? Is is it someplace that you feel like it's appropriate for them to add in exercise? Or what do you typically do with those those types of patients? Yep. It's, so you meet the patient, right, you know, where they are. Everyone's different and you have to make it individualized. Sarah, you, you're an athletic trainer as, as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so the laws of the personal training is, you know, progressive overload. So you don't want to do too much too fast. You don't want that individual to automatically do 150 minutes per week of cardio exercise. Right. Honestly, everyone can be active. There's no one that cannot be getting more physically active and moving. The main thing with cancer-related fatigue is just limit your time sitting. Mm. You know, during the day, try to get up and move even if it's just getting up and doing the dishes, if you're, if you're feeling tired and you feel like you can't do it, just get up, do the dishes, see how that makes you feel. And if you need to rest after that, you know, that's fine. But like Beth was saying, I love how you brought up that it's not just that physical exhaustion and this cancer related fatigue is like a whole different beast. It affects your physical, your cognition and your emotional health and well-being. And it's this persistent feeling of exhaustion that rest does not help. Mm-hmm. And it's not related to physical activity either. So this is something that I think we just have to make people aware that although you are living with cancer and you're thinking that you're, you haven't been active before and now you have cancer and now I need to rest and take it easy. Actually, that's going to, you know, that's not going to help your, your outcomes and it's not going to help you feel better. You need to get, you need to get moving. That's going to help your energy. It's going to help you, you know, just hopefully not get as deconditioned while you're going through treatment. Um, and you and too, I think patients like sometimes they suffer with side effects that they don't necessarily need to suffer from. I'm always encouraging patients to get in touch with their doctor because if they have a side effect, like I mean, I didn't get nauseous during treatment, but if let's just say you were, you had it, some nausea, and that was preventing you from exercising by addressing the nausea, you know, that might allow you to kind of get up and move around. So mm-hmm. I also want to encourage patients that if you're exactly. having other side effects that are maybe prohibiting or keeping you from doing some exercise or being active, talk to your provider and tell them that you you have the intention to exercise and you want to be able to do that, but you're having these side effects and what can be done mm-hmm. holistically or, you know, medically to alleviate that so that you can pursue that because that's that's going to help you. I mean, yeah. we, I, I can't emphasize enough how much exercise yep. helps yep. with this process. Yeah. Right. It is important to ask your provider, definitely, and to see if they have resources to get you in touch with somebody that's qualified to work with you because a person... So a cancer exercise specialist is someone that has training in, you know, what cancer is, what treatments are, what they have to do to accommodate your exercise program so mm-hmm. that they're not going to worsen, you know, whatever you're dealing with mm-hmm. versus like a certified 
personal trainer without that extra certification that may just be thinking, okay, they've usually worked with healthy adults and, you know, their method of doing a program can be so, so much different than what a cancer patient needs. It's it's very important that you, that, you know, your listeners definitely reach out to their providers, their nurses, their social workers, and see if, if there is a resource that they feel confident with recommending for you to use so that they know that you're getting the safe program that you need, but it's also going to be effective and help you. Yeah. Yeah. All good information. And, and, and I think that, I think that you shared so much today that I hope will inspire people to, to take the action. We are going to go into a sponsor. So we will come back and I, and I would love to hear from you how we can get, how patients can get in touch with you and how they can work with you, but let's go to a sponsor. SSM Health is a proud sponsor of the Besties with Breasties podcast. One in eight women will be diagnosed with breast cancer during their lifetime. Early detection is key and keeping up to date on yearly mammograms could be life-saving. At SSM Health, we offer patients in the St. Louis area online scheduling for mammograms, including next day appointments. Visit ssmhealth.com slash schedule mam to make your appointment now. And we are back today. We've we've heard a lot of great information from Jenny, and I I appreciate you and thank you so much for sharing your knowledge. The big I think the big takeaway for everybody is is exercise and some kind of physical activity is going to help you with your fatigue and your mental clarity and your emotion as you're going through treatment, like Jenny said. But Jenny, share with us how how people can get in touch with you if they are interested in working with you. Yeah, if they are interested in personalized uh, cancer exercise programming, they can go to www.fight-the-fatigue.com. They can also email me at jenny at fight-the-fatigue.com. And they they are more than welcome to call me at 708-638-0817. I, I love talking to people about their you know, aspirations in an, in an exercise program and just seeing how it can fit their, their needs and what they're going through to, to help improve their quality of life. Yeah. Thank you so much for being with us today, Jenny. And we wish you the best in, in everything that you're doing. I think you're, you've got a great mission. Yeah. It's great to have you here today. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. All right, guys, next time we're going to be talking about radiation, what our experience was like and what you can expect. And uh, until then, See you next time.